My name is Dana Alston. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome back to Orchata Squad with your host, Veronica Alvarado. And Ricardo <laughs> Alvarado. My man is Yeah. <laughs> Ricardo was jamming out before the starting. SZA, 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 The Weeknd, The week, not the not the artist, The Weeknd, but SZA, her song, The Weeknd. My man is her man, her man is my man. It's a good song, good song. Sorry, sorry. Got a little, <laughs> I got a little side. I'm a little turned from that song right now. I'm all coming down, coming down, coming down. And I like this because um, a brown man jamming out. To a very female empower, empowering woman, I mean, artist and song, um, is actually what we're going to be hitting on today. Well, more like, we're talking about the whole subject of machismo. Yeah. And it's a great subject. And one Was- that, ne- well, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting subject oh, yeah. to hit on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you're going to protest me. You can't do what? that. Mm-hmm. What? I'm totally... What? <laughs> I'm more feminine than you are, if anything. <laughs> I'm straight as shit. <laughs> yeah, and just a little background on machismo if, for people who don't know what it is. Zam. Zam. It's the whole... Um, pop, pop, pop. Actually, Ricardo, do you want to take this what? over? No, you got it. Okay, I got it. I got, no, it. got it. A girl breaking um, down machismo is not the point of like the whole point. Yeah, de- y- like, yeah. you're right. You're right. If I break yeah. down machismo, it's like ugh, another penis, another talking. penis talking about penises. Like, really, do you want that? You're That's like, no. we've had like a thousand years of that. A thousand years, you know, of like that. a million yes. years. Go for it. Shoot, okay, shoot, shoot. so machismo, machismo, which is basically um, the whole patriarchal concept, like um, yeah. concept. Um, and what is it? Yeah, it's like page. standardization of, of. Oh yeah, it's like it's pretty much Hispanic masculinity. Hispanic masculinity. I mean, in my perspective, at least, machismo is definitely the concept of standards of women and standards of men. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, it's kind of like the more a man brings himself up, the more he has to bring a woman down, and that's technically sexism. Like that's just probably that's like the generalization of sexism, but in my cheesemo concept, I think it's a little more extreme. It is a bit more extreme, mm-hmm. and it's due to um, Cause in, cause our whole concepts of colonization, as well with um, well, it's just mainly with colonization. Mm-hmm. Uh, it the patriarchy and sexism and everything like it's different for like different people. Mm-hmm. All of it's bad, mm-hmm. but it's different for like. Than it is for you know like white people in America, yeah, um, who grew up with the Victorian ages mm-hmm. of like, you know, mm-hmm. rich white white girls and mm-hmm. white men, and their like role in society, mm-hmm. in comparison to like Mexico in the areas that we know our ancestors were who that were not rich, <laughs> and how it played on their lives and how they went went about um, issues and just living mm-hmm. so we well, I, mean, I mean like machismo's yeah, i mean that very much that too but i mean if you really i mean yeah, machismo's uh is institution institutionalized into males and very much also into females mm-hmm. very heavily women are Ooh. just as equally standardized into this mental surge of 
of what a, what a male should be and then what a female should be because this is what a male should do and because this is what a male should do this is what a female should do because of that so it's never like individualism of women women in generalize themselves within this concept and i'm like you know i'm a man talking about that so that's kind of kind of like ugh men talking about sexism towards women but i don't know i mean that's my concept that's my perspective of machismo yeah like I've convinced like Ricardo, I remember when I was younger to take a woman and gender studies class. And since then, he's analyzed the shit out of everything that's been like <laughs> going on in his life. <laughs> Deconstructing. Yes. So we're going to be breaking that down. We're going to be talking like we're going to take it personal, but we're also going to take it to like the whole our whole culture. And we will be talking about Mexican culture with this because we mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. unfair of us to, you know, have to just say like oh all latinx culture mm-hmm. is exactly like this because we did not we're not argentina we're not argentina <laughs> we're not, not from peru we're not from peru we do not have the same i wish um, i was puerto rican puerto ricans are cool yeah. dominicans reggaeton. are really cool reggaeton reggaeton <laughs> cubans Jam. yeah we're off big fan basically we're big fans Colombia. of latinx <laughs> colombiana como shakira Anyways, so we're going to start this off with talking about um, figures in history. Yes, ma'am. And we will let Ricardo start off. With mine? Okay, mine uh, is the great, the GOAT. Hopefully, internally, will live forever. It's Macartona Solis, the most sensitive man in music. And that's not a bad thing because the bro got, he's got got 23-year-olds as well. He's got 50-year-olds crying. Over, like, an ex that they probably had, like, 50 years, like, 25 years ago, and they're still crying over it. Yeah, my mind is, you know, the great M.S. Solis, you know, my Catorno Solis. M.A. Solis, yeah, there you go. And uh, I picked him because he's, uh, he's uh, essentially, like, uh, definitely one of the prime examples of how sensitive males can get in terms of music and then his, his connection with his... And I'm going to say predominantly male audience. Because <laughs> I know women that love him, but I know men that are, are in love with him. I don't know. No, no, no. Actually, vice versa. I think women are in love with him because he looks good, but men are in love with his music. And Loki may be in love with him, but they're not down to admit it. Because of machismo. Because of machismo. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, you got to do, do carcel, you know, no está mi primavera. Si no te habías ido is like one of the greatest his Mexican rock ba- like pop rock ballads of all time like everybody knows Sino Te Vidas Ido um and I don't know it's just interesting how he like brings to the forefront I, I think this, this this plays in with more this definitely plays in a lot with Mexican music and it in all all his all it's all around universal uh genres that it, that we have in terms uh, of certain areas but in terms of Marco Solis, he's like big mainstream pop artist he's like the ed sherwin nah screw that ed sherwin's like him um (laughs) (laughs) uh of uh of mexican of not just but like hispanic culture so i'm talking about he's huge in spain he's even kind of big in the united states depending who you're talking to he's been covered by so many other artists bandas you know he's huge so it's like obviously his emotional reach has like has uh, touched generations. My dad, 
probably listen to him in the 80s. Like, no, my dad definitely listened to him in the <laughs> 80s. My mom definitely listened to him in the 80s. I listen to him currently, contemporary. Um, and so, like, just his, his, him bringing to the forefront of connecting emotions, sensitive emotions, you know, heartbreak, love, um, universal sort of uh, emotions that males can relate to, even though they're not, like, super into it, though. You know, like, eventually we'll get a male be like, this reminds me of my ex or shit, you know, my heart breaks. I mean, you know, shit that, you know, they wouldn't say if they weren't listening to that music. And the microthermics release is really, like, doing that for men, making them tuck back their penises. Oh, uh, yeah, so that's essentially the reason why I'm, I chose him, just because the concept of sensitivity and how he... In his own form, deconstructs machismo through emotion. That's my that's that's my that's my boy. <laughs> and he is he's amazing. I love his music videos. I love his eighties hair, and <laughs> <laughs> the mullet the kind mullet. of a thing. He definitely he did. Yo, bro, like you can't fuck with that mullet. <laughs> I mean, our dad had a mullet yeah, because yeah, of everybody <laughs> had it. He was like mullets in terms of like the Hispanic culture was like our Jerry curl. <laughs> it's like you gotta if you you gotta be fucking with the mullet like <laughs> he was like messing with that like early seventies like before he was like this suave middle aged man who was like making all the women crazy and even men too I mean I ain't gonna lie that his I just want to know what kind of moose he uses <laughs> I want to see him like bro <laughs> <laughs> like I'll take it back <laughs> like bro let me shower in your shower bro and see what like what are the like the, the essentials like <laughs> what kind of like stuff do you use for your hair bro because damn like he he went from mullet to long hair and he's still looking like he's i don't know he's still looking dope as hell i'm trying i'm trying to look like that at the age of however old he is 55 mid 50s he definitely looks like he's definitely looks like he still gets them though he definitely gets like he definitely still gets girls Oh yes, I'm like a hundred percent sure. Like his like concerts are like, and he's so soft spoken. Have you ever heard him talk? He's so soft. See, eso es el amor. Okay, okay. So moving on. <laughs> um. So my figure that mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about today, um, is Dolores um Huerta, and so if you know Cesar Chavez, um, you probably all you probably actually don't know Dolores because of the fact that like Ces she was the co-founder of the National Farm Workers Associ Association. She was a big part of the um, of the entire movement, like you know the great boy boycott. She like she like helped things with unions. She was she did a lot of heavy work. I never um, heard of her. Exactly. And we all know about Cesar Chavez because yeah. he was the face of um he was the face of this like the National Farm Workers Association. Mm -hmm. And the reason why he was chosen as the face mm -hmm. Cause, cause he was male? Was because he was male. Okay. And, you know, because of machismo in our um strongly and rooted within um Latinx culture, it and like just like Mexican culture, but like also with like because um, the National Farm Workers Association, like it wasn't just like you know south of the border people, like it it also heavily coincided with um, the Philip like Filipinos mm -hmm. oh, yeah. and other um, Pacific Island Islander, also Asian um, 
you know, farm workers. Like, we were all treated pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But Dolores um, get, does not get the credit where it's due because mm-hmm. it's very debatable. Looking back at the National Farm Workers Association in the 60s is that, um, like, oh, who was really the backbone? Who was really doing all the, like, work? Was it, like, should we really give, like, all the credit to Cesar Chavez? Mm-hmm. Or should we, like... So why, like don't we have, why don't we have a day? Why don't we have a day for, like, mm-hmm. Dolores? Honestly, it's probably because or streets named after her, probably due to the fact that like one of the major reasons is probably due to the fact that she is a woman. She is a brown woman and things normally don't go so great for brown women. But the thing is, she's like she sacrificed so much for the movement. Mm -hmm. She got divorced. She lost her family. Um, And she's still alive. But I just want to put that out. That as she's dead. she? She is about 87 years old. Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. And currently living in New Mexico. Damn. Shout out to Dolores because, damn, that femme brown power kind of thing is, like, really, really, really cool. Really Anyways. Potent to her. Yeah. And the thing is, like, she, like, did all this movement. She lost a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, family. she's been the family, children. Shit. She, like, gave, like, her body, mind, everything she had to the movement. Mm-hmm. The issue wasn't acknowledged for it. That's she was insane. not acknowledged for it. And she is a co-founder. It's not like she was like, oh, you know, you know, she did all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Was she in the movie? She, I want to say lightly in the movie. And if you don't know what we're talking about, um, Diego Luna mm-hmm. created a movie called Cesar Chavez. And it was in the theaters for a while. This movie was out like 2015, 2016. 2014. 2014 yeah. i was in college so i want to say around 2015 2014 okay but um yeah so and it like you know focuses on cesar chavez and it's not to discredit cesar chavez for all no. the work he did he did amazing work but so it's it more like distributed. it should be distributed more because i mean Credit. people know the name cesar chavez like the yeah but for Dolores, like it's overlooked, it's heavily overlooked, yeah. and that is a major thing in machismo, mm-hmm. where the contributions in, um, like any kind of organization, and it happens a lot in organizations. It happens. Um, well, for one thing, I'm a part of a student organization called Mecha, Ooh. and we were a part of the Chicano movement. We were like branched out from it, from mm-hmm. the LA walkouts. And so, like, in our, currently in our, like, um, room, our office, our Mecha office, we have, like, these, like, portraits of Cesar Chavez signed by him because he was very well connected to our Oregon branch here. Because That's crazy. Yeah. because didn't know that. mm Mm-hmm. And. How much would one of those things go for? Ooh, a lot of money. That's why they're, like, we will not sell it. (laughs) It's ours. He, like, signed it, especially for the University of Oregon where is it? Metro chapter. It? And it's in the um, Metro office. Which, which, what are the hours? The hours, well, it's in the EMU here on campus in the Multicultural Center. Easily accessible. Easily accessible. Just come on in. We'll show you it. We're down. I mean, like, mm-hmm. for people that are not there. For, um, yeah, actually. It's like a, we're a public university. So I could just walk in and. Yeah, you can walk in and, well, you can't. 
You can't you you can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> Auction it off. It's it's pretty big. <laughs> you can't casually take that away. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been try. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But to go into this a little bit more, like, um, especially with Mecha and the organization, like a lot of our leaders and our, a lot of our leaders these past few years, because I've been on the Mecha board for, this is going to be my third year. Zam. 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 A lot of our directors and our board members are just, are women of color. They're mm-hmm. like brown women. They're Latinx women and Latinx femmes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do a lot of work, like, for our movement and for, like, to better education, to better the um, path of higher education of, you know, brown, of our, like, brown youngsters and whatnot. But um, it's, like, even Mecha has had its own, like, conflicts within, with the whole ideas of machismo and having, like, one thing, like, oh, should, like, should credit really be given to like women of color who do a lot of a lot of work or like you know the face of it which will probably be like men of color or like we'll have like our larger like we'll have like and it's happened in the past we'll have like women being like co-directors with men but men will be listened to a lot more and be taken more seriously even though the women are is doing either equal work or more work uh-huh. and it wow. happens a lot in organizations it happens a lot anywhere i mean like for one thing, our our entire childhood is um, filled with examples of that. Okay. Where, like, you know, like, when you were a teenager, you would take the car keys and leave. Uh-huh. And you would just be like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go out. But, like, for me, when I became a teenager and I was able to drive, I would have to talk my way around. because they loved me and they hated you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's... True, that is true. I think Rachel had it rough because she was the oldest, and then she was a girl, and then you had it rough because you were the youngest, one of the youngest. You were the youngest girl. I was just like the middle child, and I could just if I could manipulate my parents, <laughs> I can get my way. And I mean, is it in the sim? Our youngest brother, he's like twelve. He could also do the same thing mm-hmm. at twelve. But no, I mean, yeah, that's very true. That uh, definitely an unfair disadvantage. That uh woman in the family got and by woman too i don't think it was my dad that was suppressing you guys as much it was my mom it's true because <laughs> it's, it's it would be standardization mm-hmm. and it would be completely like naive of us to be like oh it was only men who were oppressing men because like these women are a part of these institutions oh, yeah. too and our mothers are our first teachers mm-hmm. and what particularly in our household our yeah. mother was the first teacher mm-hmm. to you guys to yeah to us kanye was my first teacher that's he's one of your first teachers (laughs) but yeah so and it's just interesting because you will like i would have my mother like yell at yell at me and be like you weren't your skirt's too short you can't be doing that and like all this other stuff you don't want to show too much ankle you don't want to show too much (laughs) ankle (laughs) it's a little seductive distracts others (laughs) but what's really interesting is that um because, like, it goes both ways. Um, my parents were more able to, like, accept the fact that I wanted to be in, like, arts, like, liberal arts kind of a thing, like, writing. 
like that's the career I wanted to take. But for you, Ricardo, mm-hmm. that was a lot different mm-hmm. on how like they were able to take something that like you want to do art. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I want to do film. Uh, I think they wanted a more um, solid uh, career path for me. More, uh, would you consider standardized masculine? I think my dad wanted me to be a cop, but it's always gonna be, you know. What the hell, <laughs> <laughs> got me fucked up. I think I'm gonna be a cop. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, no, definitely, I don't know. Uh, they definitely wanted me to be a sense of authority and didn't. So when I'm like, oh, is this a concept of a uh, artistic path that I wanted to take? They were like, eh, that's not a masculine enough career path. It, it, I don't think it had less to do with financial stability and more to do with like. Would a man really do that? Yeah, because the big difference between, like, them agreeing or, like, being more on board with me Mm -hmm. going into writing is that, like, in the back of their heads, even if they won't say it to me, or they have said it to me, but they won't say it to me every time, Mm -hmm. is that, oh, you know, when you get married and you have kids. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you're going to be at home. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. to me, it's like, you're a man, so you need to get something more stable. And I'm like, well, okay. (laughs) <laughs> Rachel's a nurse She's got the most stable Out of all of us Yeah <laughs> or, or, Just to let you know Me and Ricardo Are half of the Sibling Equation here Yeah We have an older sister We have yeah. a younger brother And our older sister And our younger brother Are both Our older sister Is a certified nurse uh-huh. And Super stable job Because everyone's Always getting sick uh-huh. Continuously And our younger brother Is gonna be like An engineer mm-hmm. Like he already knows Mm-hmm. And that's a lot more stable than a Journalism journalist and a, film. and a filmmaker. Yeah. We're right in that sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Wheat bread. Uh, gluten-free sandwich. Gluten-free sandwich. But, um, no, yeah, it was definitely, um, masculinity definitely plays a part in And I, I think most families can actually relate to a lot of this because if you're a male, you have, you're, you know, put on a pedestal while you're a woman, you're not really put on a pedestal as much as you're put on a expectation sort of um, pedestal I guess like you have to meet these criteria so you could define yourself as a woman if not then you're not then you're different and if you're different that means you're an individual and if you're an individual that means you think different and if you think different that means you're not you know you're off beat you're off the normal equation and therefore you're not looked at as the same you're Maybe even at times looked down upon as a woman. And, you know, I'm talking as a guy talking about women. But definitely, yeah. I think it's a lot harder for women than it is men. Really? (laughs) (laughs) No, why? (laughs) No, but in terms of the concept of machismo, like, we both have our own sides. You know, our own... uh, own, Both very negative sides. Very suppressive (laughs) forms. We we, We all have our own forms of suppression. Even what's even if it's our eternal, even if it's self inflicted or you know inflicted through others, um, but to women it's like all fronts in terms of machismo. It's like you cannot win no matter how much you try, and I think that's why you know we 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 go against this concept of hierarchy of machismo so we could find that level of like how do we make how do we get women to win when all there is them being stuck in a bubble. Yeah, like how do we get Dolores? Yeah, how do we get a day for Dolores? How do we get a street for Dolores? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, she's stuck in this bubble 
even when she got out of the bubble, she was still stuck in a bubble. And I'm pretty sure a lot of that had to do with her gender, which okay. sucks, which is like the worst shit ever. Like, that's so yeah. I didn't even know about this. And I'm hella salty. <laughs> 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 and the thing is, like, um, with machismo and everything, mm-hmm. like, it's so ingrained in our culture due to a um, and obviously we, we always have to throw back to colonization. <laughs> yeah. Because of the fact that like, and if you look and it's, we're not romanticizing Mm-mm. indigenous people. Cause that'd be a hella, hella, hella bad. Problematic. <laughs> so problematic. Um, cause we're not like, you know, random hippie people with braids <laughs> in our hair and by dream catchers. No, we're not romanticizing our indigenous heritage, but Prior to colonization, we did um, have goddesses that, mm-hmm. like, we, like, prayed to continuously. We had a more monical... Wait, no, not... We had more of a... Um, it wasn't a patriarchy. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of women leaders. There used to be... And especially for, like, some... In the, like, I, I want to say Aztecs, but Aztec was a very big broad term at this point if we were if we're looking back at history but there is a we had a form of government where prior to any of us going into war like they would have to go and they would have to go in front of a camp a council of women Mm -hmm. to get approval to go to Mm -hmm. war and the women and especially older women which like brings in the whole thing of like colonization brought in our whole idea of ageism Mm mm-hmm but the older women would give approval for it. Mm. And, you know, post-colonization or during colonization, we, you know, when we weren't being, like, murdered mm. <laughs> and dying from diseases that Europeans brought, mm-hmm. um, are, like, they, they were taking down our um, form of organization and government. And so it was easier for, like, indigenous, indigenous men to agree to it. Mm. Because of the fact that they were like, oh, hey, like, you get more power. You should be treated a lot better than, like, women. And it's not to say there weren't, like, you know, sexism things within, like, this whole mm-hmm. indigenous people. But it's, like... It was thrown off a lot more off It was thrown off incredibly off balance. And so what they don't tell you is that, like, some indigenous women would literally, like... And they, they have, like, scribes of this when they're, like, men... Mm. Um, agreed to this form of like government, the form, this form of patriarchy. They, a lot of indigenous women took themselves and the children, and then they would kill themselves and kill the children, Same. just to be like, um, <laughs> like no, 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 don't you, for, don't you forget, like we are like, like we, like we give birth to the world. Like how dare you take away like the power that we actually have? My fantasy. And yeah, and it's really interesting to think about it. Me, because it's like, because <laughs> it's like that's We're like the roots. biggest roots. Yeah, Those our roots. roots. Yeah, roots are based off women empowering themselves, and then for somehow we just deconstruct it. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's Zane. That's Zane. <laughs> <laughs> and what is it? No, yeah, you always got to bring it back to the indigenous roots. And yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I'm like thinking about it, and like, there's so much, like, there's so much more to talk about, like, yeah. with what indigenous 
like our old indigenous heritage like did mm-hmm. one of one of the things is just like they had a third gender shit yeah they were like more open to the idea of like transgender folk Damn. like how do you get these facts bro i take <laughs> a lot of chicano you know, history chicano history but also i'm an ethnic studies minor oh okay that makes sense yeah i and all this information is online too like you could hear it from us www.veronicahistory.org Veronica TED Talk. Veronica TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) Look it up. It's cool. It's interesting. And like we said, we're not trying to romanticize indigenous Mm. culture because it had its own problems. Every society, every civilization, and yes, indigenous people prior to colonization had a civilization. Mm -hmm. Like we had like an entire government. Yeah. Like we were, we, we were had a down. capital and anything and everything. We were down, hella we're, down. We we're hella down, hella down with the brown. Hella down with the brown. I'm <laughs> down to stand around. <laughs> <laughs> but we had, yeah. So, just throwing that out there. Damn. And we're about to wrap up here, leaving on that incredibly positive <laughs> note of the image of indigenous women murdering <laughs> themselves and, and children, children. <laughs> and men kind of like overpower wow oh mm-hmm. my gosh the headaches the headaches <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the stress <laughs> <laughs> and this is episode two of Orchata Squad and we lactose duo lactose duo <laughs> Orchata Squad but lactose duo <laughs> <laughs> Signing off? I don't know. Yeah, we're signing off. TQM. TQM. (laughs) Bye. Music in this episode was Two Solo 2 by Selena and Fertilizer by Frank Ocean. You can subscribe to the Emerald Podcast Network on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts, or listen to them directly from the Daily Emerald homepage at dailyemerald.com. Thank you.